0: god's word Um, so yeah just wonderful to have you of course unfortunately we weren't able to have our women's convention today but at least that doesn't hold us back from still meeting still hearing god's word and the women's convention will still happen just at a later stage so for now this is our power hour um, and we're going to hear from the fantastic little bit. <laughs> soon. And we're going to hear an interview very shortly, but for now, I will just um, open up in prayer for us. All right. Okay. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity for us to meet together. Thank you for the ways in which technology has aided us to do this. Um, we thank you so much, Lord, uh, for your creation, for your plan, and for your provision, um, which is fundamentally good. And we thank you that it was in your world that we be a part of it um, and that you've sustained us up until this point. And you will continue to sustain us according to your will. We just pray um, that this time together... This hour will be a fruitful time for each and every one of us, and we pray that your word, our daily bread, may nourish our hearts. Not only that, but may you help us by your Holy Spirit, apply what we hear today to our lives. Uh, May it grow us so that we may become more like Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior and our King. Amen. All right, so our first, uh, just a reminder though for all of you to please check that you're always on mute, Um, it's not automatically muted for you, so just keep an eye on that, and first up on our schedule we have um, an interview that we'll be doing with Vicky, hello, Vicky Neffling actually. (laughs) (laughs) Morning Um, so Vicky is a long time member of our church but she's going to tell us much more about herself. Um, Vicky um, please would you introduce yourself to everyone Um, just a short introduction so they know who you are. Good morning, ladies. I'm
1: really happy that we could, at least like you said, Michelle, go on with technology today. So, as Michelle said, I'm Vicki Nettling, not Vicki Funny Cack, as my, my name shows. Um, that's my maiden surname. Um, and I've been with CCM for about 10 years, uh, married to Derek Netlin. Um We have, yeah, we've got a, well, I've got a stepson. He's got a son from his first marriage, Ian, he is now 12 years old.
0: Great. Thank you, Vicki. Okay, so will you please tell us, um, how did you come to understand um, Jesus as your saviour? Will you tell us about your journey? Sure. So, I mean, as I when I was
1: a child, my parents insisted that I go to Sunday school, even though they themselves actually didn't go to church. It was one of those situations where it was drop, drop us and run. <laughs> um, so I wasn't brought up in a Christian family. Um, and I must say, I don't have very many memories of Sunday school in my primary school years. Um, and I didn't really make much of an impact on me. In high school, I started to have these feelings of really just not fitting in, almost like I didn't even fit in my own skin. And I sort of just thought while well, I was, you know, down to teenage angst, I mean, all teenagers go through these kind of phases. And I sort of dismissed the whole thing and try to just get on with my life. It was at this time that my parents decided that we should start going to an Anglican church. We were previously at a Methodist church. Um, I was really pleased because at this point my dad decided he would attend church too. So this sort of seemed to ease those kind of out of place feelings. um, But this really was just short lived for me. When I went to the Anglican churches, I really enjoyed the rituals behind it because they've got a lot of ceremonies and rituals for each service. Um, And I think this is probably why I made the decision to get confirmed, because I was all wrapped up in the religious ceremonies and the religious ways of the church. Um, But at this point, when I started to do the confirmation classes, I started to look at the Bible from a very different perspective than I had before. And I started to pray to God with a lot more meaning. Um, I think from then on, if you'd asked me if I was religious or Christian, I probably would have said yes. And though I believed it to be a true statement, um, what I didn't understand was who Jesus was and what he had done for me. I knew he was God in person on earth and that he had died for me. And I thought this was awesome, but this didn't make me change my ways. And I didn't really fully grasp or or embody the act um, of his absolute love and grace. Nevertheless, I went along believing that my unbelief was true belief. (laughs) It was only many, many years later when I was about 32 that I realized that I was incredibly unhappy, I didn't like the way my life had turned out, I had those same feelings again of not fitting in, of not feeling like I belonged anywhere, and I realized then that I absolutely did not have the strength to change this, and I started to search for answers. Thankfully, um, in my search, I realized that God was the right person to turn to, and that even though I had many friends and a supportive family, they they just weren't the, the people to help me with this. Um, I suddenly found myself praying with a lot more meaning and a lot more desperation. Um, and it was, and it was at this time that um, I started to lean on God. Suddenly, I saw changes in my life that were just—it can only be explained by God's grace and and His miracles that He performed in my life. Um, I got out of an unhealthy marriage. I moved back to my parents' home where they were very supportive. Again, not Christian, but very supportive and the kind of support I needed as well. And I started a new job. Um, although I started noticing the positive effects of this prayer, um, I still didn't quite get this about salvation story. By God's grace, Derek, my, my now husband, came into my life and he took me off to CCM. And it was there when I would listen to Martin's very passionate services that the Holy Spirit started moving in me. And he showed me the true meaning of the cross. Jesus laid down his life for me and took my sins so that I don't have to bear judgment that I so deserve. And I just thought, you know, what an undeserving gift. How could I possibly refuse this?
0: That's, that's really wonderful. Um, just to hear how, um, Jesus came into your life in a very personal way. Um, I think it's, I think a lot of us can resonate with that, that we know of God, we, we've definitely come across the word before, but um, having a personal relationship with Jesus just doesn't occur to us until he, until he does. <laughs> um, so how has that changed your life? So um, how does your life look now, um, now that you have this relationship? So as I mentioned, for a very long time, I
1: felt like an outsider in this world and I couldn't quite work out where I belonged. Um, And I struggled to understand this feeling. It sort of plagued me and at times it made me feel very alone. When I came to Christ, everything started to make sense. I feel like I don't belong because I'm not of this world, but rather in it. I'm God's child, not the world's child. So this sort of started to help me to understand those feelings. And I don't have that sense of loneliness anymore. Um, I know that no matter what, I have God, I have Jesus and the Holy Spirit who are with me at all times in all situations. This means that I don't have to bear the burdens of life on my own. And that is a great comfort to me because as I mentioned earlier on, I really don't have the strength to sort out my life when it's just I've made a hash of it. Um, So now I can offer up all my worries and burdens to God in prayer and he guides me through the hard times but I also find that it feels like to me that he also celebrates with me and rejoices with me in the good times I know I made a mess of my life beforehand when I try to do it on my own and I certainly don't ever intend to do life on my own again life is only life when it's with Jesus amen
0: (laughs) that's really great um so um what do you do then? Um, how do you, how does this reflect in your life? So it's impacted your life and you have this personal relationship with Jesus. Um, how does that look and how is that reflecting in your life? Um, what have you decided to get involved in as a result of really this this thing that Jesus is doing in your heart?
1: So um, I think I want to just start off talking about my, the life group that I belong to, which is the Moda Life Group. Um, we meet on Thursdays and it's been running for about six years. And I think that the life group has given me a great perspective on Christianity um, alongside, obviously, the sermons at CCM and they're incredibly supportive. And the support and prayers have helped me with my endeavors at church. And of course, first and foremost, the guidance that God has given me and the grace that God has given me. So the ministries I've been involved in thus far, um, I taught at the kiddies ministry, the kids turning six. I've also been a table leader for Christianity Explored and Foundations. And I've also helped in providing premarital guidance. For some time now though, I've wanted to offer support to people going through a rough patch like me, who also feel out of place, who also feel they don't have anyone to turn to. And thankfully, God has opened this door by leading CCM to start the Caring Crisis Center. It is a place where I'm able to serve alongside people in the heart of their loneliness. And in doing so, remind people that they also don't need to carry their burdens by themselves, but that God wants to walk with them like he did with me. Um, for those of you that don't know, the centres and ministry of CCM, which supports those faced with abuse, where perpetrators or survivors of abuse, as well as those who ex- are experiencing or have experienced an unplanned pregnancy, um, can come to us. Both of these situations can be very isolating and overwhelming. So we hope to come alongside individuals and families to offer biblical counselling, small group and referral support to anyone the question or not. I'm currently in training in the hopes that I will become a small group leader at the centre. I really feel honoured to be given this opportunity um, to serve God's people in this way and I thank you for the opportunity to speak to everyone today.
0: Thank you so much for agreeing to this interview Vicky and for sharing your story. Um, It's really wonderful to basically hear how somehow your experience of loneliness um, is now translating to literally helping people who experience the same things and um, you do that empowered by Christ. Um, So I really hope for you that um, he will flourish you in that way and keep using you in that way Um, and that you didn't be enriched and enrich others in your path as you become more like him. Thank you so much, Vicky. Okay, just a reminder for everyone. Oh, um, Vicky, if you don't mind putting maybe some details in the chat about the Care and Crisis Centre for anyone who might want to get in contact with the Care and Crisis Centre if you need any kind of help or counselling, that's why they're there. Um, But uh, anyone, not just from Christchurch, may also get into contact um, if you're not part of the church so um, for anyone who's joining us uh, not from Christchurch, Midrand it's so great to have you especially thank you for joining us. Um, so uh, now I'm going to hand over to Kate um, and she's going to introduce uh, the lady of the hour.
2: <laughs> um, Thanks you, Michelle. Kate.
3: Thanks very much. Um, Nice to have you guys all here. Um, I see we're up to 64 devices, so that's great. Nice to uh, see so many um, familiar faces, um, lots of people that have been coming to the Gauteng Women's Convention over the years. So really great to see you. And hopefully, uh, later on in this year, we'll be able to get together so that we can meet physically, and we can sing praises together and um, sit under the teaching of Lilibet. Um I didn't want her to teach the um, bedrock material that she's already prepared, because I know she's put a lot of effort into it, and it'll be much more beneficial if we can be together sitting under God's word together physically. So that's why we've held that over for later on in the year, and... Yeah, Lil, it's great to have you with us. Um, Lots there, very familiar faces on the group, but there are also quite a few people who don't know you at all. So we'd like to get to know you. Where on this wonderful planet of gods do we find you today? Hey Kate, um, oh, I um, live.
2: I make my living in the warm, sunny city of Durban. I am sleeveless, ladies. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs>
3: <clears throat> And um, your, I see your surname is Rutif. Was it always Ritif? No. Um, so that Kate means you're married. French? Yes, has such creative way of,
2: ways of asking uh, uh, questions. I have um, an interesting history of being a Bresler uh, with a German Umlaut and then a Van Weyck. Um, that's all before I was married um, as a child. And um, now I'm married a, an English retief. I mean, like, it's quite rare finding one of those. Quite a rare specimen. Um, but I myself am Afrikaans, very Afrikaans. I was... Both my parents were Afrikaans. My schooling was Afrikaans. Even the beginning of my tertiary education was in Afrikaans. So, I'm really a great Um so yeah, like Stop speaking in tongues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's an interpreter. I think there's several. I, if if Lichtpunt is here, I have much hope.
3: Lil, <laughs> <laughs> um, you are married. You've got uh, three kids. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, who are they? Where are they? How old are they now? They must have grown up a bit since last we saw you
2: yes it's been six years Kate did you know that I went
3: I went back and counted
2: yeah I haven't had the joy of being with you ladies for six years um and so yes my children have grown up I have um a matriculant this year which I can't quite believe I have that very scary red L sign on the back of my car and it does not stand for lily Um, so Talita is 17 and about to turn 18 and navigating matric in the wake of her COVID grade 11 yeah. year and um, and then Elizabeth is grade 9 and Levi is grade 5 so those are our three two girls and a boy
3: wow they are all grown up mm-hmm. Okay, a little. And then just lastly, you are working at a church in KZN. Just give us a bit of information about that and what you're up yes. to. Yes.
2: Yes. So um, it's been my privilege to be part of the Christchurch Umthlanga family uh, for about 15, 16 years now. It's been. And I've been on staff for about the last two or three years. Um, but I've. Uh, one of my greatest joys has always just been uh, being able to take time to read the Bible with other women. And so I've been doing that since I I think since about the age of uh, 16 or 17, I've been doing that. Um, it's just that I've recently had the privilege of being paid for it. <laughs> nice. It <laughs> is so a great privilege. So I work part-time, my hours are meant to be from eight until one, but I think all of you are meant to be part-timers know how that goes down. Um, and uh, so I, I am quite relieved when the school taxi insists on my attention because then I have to end what I'm busy with in my office. And then <laughs> so become mom. Exactly. I'm in in the offices in the morning, and then I'm a taxi and cook and cleaner and homework assistant and mum in afternoon and evening.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Lil's got a lot of skills, and um, as do many of you on this group, and one of Mm -hmm. his great skills is teaching God's word. Um, Six years ago, we should have had you back. I don't know what happened. I'll have to talk to the committee. Um, so what we're going to do now is I am going to read, we are going to be uh, reading from Genesis chapter 2. Um, Lilibet is going to teach from Genesis chapter 2. I will be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version, and I'm going to read for us. And then I will pray for little bit, and then I will hand over to Lilibet, just so everyone knows where we're going. Um, If there are any pressing questions that you have from Lil's talk, you can um, send them to Michelle or myself, and she won't necessarily address them on the zoom chat but um, I'm sure she'll be able to address them by email, um, later on in the week so if there are any pressing questions don't, um, don't feel that you can't engage. um, We can. And uh, as you've heard, Lil sits at home twiddling her fingers. So she's got lots of time to um, respond to all your lovely emails. So don't ah, feel I would love shy. to. Yes. yes, thanks, Lil. <laughs> okay, so let me pray. And then we're going to read uh, from Genesis chapter 2. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for this great privilege of being gathered as a family of believers, and, um, about to hear from your word. We thank you for that great privilege. There are many, many people, many women around the world who would long for this. Um, So we don't take it lightly and we are very grateful to you. Uh, Thank you for working in our hearts. We thank you for um, the testimony of Vicky and how you rescued her um, from herself and have placed her in your family and um, using her in your kingdom's work. So we thank you for that. We thank you for Lil and also how you rescued her many years ago to be your daughter. And we just thank you so much that you've spent um, these years equipping her um, to be the woman that she is and that she can now um, be on this call teaching us from your word. We just give you grateful thanks for that. So, Lord, we know that it is your spirit who works in our hearts and in our minds. So we ask that he might do that work now. As we read your word, we ask, Lord, that we might hear from you and that we might be changed. So please, you know, each one of us, you know where we're at. Please, will you allow us to hear from you this morning and that you might allow us to respond to you in faith and repentance. We pray that you might meet with us now and we ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Genesis 1, verse 31, through to 2, verse 17. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, Bedlium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks, Lil.
2: Right. Well, thank you, Kate. Um, It really, um, well, I really was hoping to fly to you guys for a blast of blessing and winter. Um, you know intercity travel without dependence uh, to see one of my most stirring friends Kate um, yes I said stirring you know in case it sounded like stirling. Uh, you can always dip, count on Kate to be to to, to stir um, and also just to catch up with other friends and um, to feast with you ladies in the word meeting new sisters in Christ would have been such a joy to me and so but at least we can feast in the Word together so praise God for electricity (laughs) and for Zoom software and for devices Um, and so hopefully I do hope that um, God willing and COVID allowing I will join you sometime later this year to look at Matthew 5 uh, which I've called the bedrock of blessing and um, we can prepared to have our breath taken away by our prince of poetry in that uh, Sermon on the Mount. But here within a prequel, I thought I would keep um, in fashion with uh, the movies and uh, books, you know, and um, I would go for a prequel to the Bedrock of Blessing. And so we dive into Genesis 1 and 2 um, to look at the source of blessing. Um, I wonder how you would count your blessings. Um what are some of your uh, sources of blessing? If you had to think of three blessings in your life, try, try to actually think of them now just as a brainstorm. Um, just name three in your mind. Um, or can you recently remember feeling blessed? Maybe you had some kind of experience uh, recently that just made you really feel blessed um, Or if you had to brainstorm two or three people in your life that you think of as being blessed people, who would they be and why would you think of them as particularly blessed? Um, So we are going to look at the Bible's blessed beginning together this morning. Um, And so it really would help if you kept your Bible open um, at Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and, and we're going to look at uh, the beginning um, in the hope that, well, to asking God actually to just refocus and refresh um, how we see and seek blessing. Um, I feel like, especially in these COVID times, I have certainly had to make more of a conscious effort to count my blessings. And, um, and in fact, it is an opportunity uh, for us to, to relook. Uh, to what we call blessed and I often I know I often get the source wrong the source of of how I see blessing and seek blessing and so uh, let's look at God's word in Genesis chapter one and two Um, the reading that Kate did for us you'll see that uh, the word blessed comes in chapter two verse three so God blessed the seventh day and um, in order to to look at the definition of blessing, to help us to see blessing in its real and true definition. Um, For the word meaning of blessed in chapter two, verse three, the tool to use is always a context. I hope that you're familiar with the saying that um, a text without a context is a con. Um, And that certainly has helped me to really uh, see the brilliance of God's word And so in order to understand the word blessed in chapter 2, verse 3, we're going to just flip back to chapter 1, verse 22, because that's the first time that we come across this word blessed. So I'll read for us chapter 1 from verse 21 to 22. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kind's and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Here it comes in verse 22. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. If you've been reading chapter one, you would notice um, that Instead of saying, let there be, let there be, which is is what God has been doing as he's been forming and creating the earth. Here, when he speaks blessing, he speaks directly to the creatures. Um, He doesn't say, let the creatures be blessed and be fruitful and multiply. He speaks directly to them personally. Um, Be fruitful and multiply. God says to the creatures themselves, And so we see that um, on being introduced to this concept of being blessed by God, it comes by God himself speaking personally and directly to his creatures. His creatures are blessed by God speaking directly and personally to them. And then when you look at the actual content of the, the blessing that he speaks to them in verse 22, it's actually very striking how it relates to what God himself has done so far. So, so far in chapter one, God himself created. And yeah, he blesses them with the role of procreating, multiplying. God himself formed and filled creation, is filling creation with these creatures. And then he blesses them with the purpose of filling the earth and the seas. So we can see that being blessed by God is something that comes through God's direct personal speech. And actually it comes, it's something that comes to us in the form of, of, uh, of uh, God himself, um, something familiar and um, in relation to God himself and what he has done so far. Then the second time we come across this word blessed, he's not speaking to creatures, um, well, he's speaking to special creatures, (laughs) Um, and that it comes to humankind in chapter 1 verse 28. um, Chapter 1 verse 28 reads, and God blessed them, and he's speaking to um, the, the man and the woman, to humankind, to humans, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So can you see again that the second time we come across the word blessed, it is God speaking personally to humanity, to Adam and Eve um, in direct speech. And again, he instructs and commands their purpose like he did with the creatures in verse 21. Um, And the instruction for their their role and their purpose is similar to the creatures, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. But then it's also different. Um, God gives humanity an added blessing and directive and in his own image, actually, because um, did you see that he said to subdue it and have dominion over the creatures? Um, So again, in relation to God himself, As God Himself has subdued creation and has dominion in creation, as He abundantly cultivated it and um, generously has provided for all His creatures, He now gives humanity the blessed responsibility and role of having authority over those creatures and of continuing cultivation and care and provision um, with dominion over them. And so we see God and His Word is the creature, is the creatures and humanity's source of blessing, right in the beginning when we come across the word blessed. Um, The creatures and humankind are blessed by God's personal directive word, commanding and instructing their purposes or roles and responsibility in creation. Um, And of course, humankind's blessed purpose is uh, uniquely according to God's image, different from the other creatures in that um, we have a collaborative uh, purpose and role of care over the other creatures. Um, So to be blessed uh, in the context of uh, Genesis 1 and 2 comes from being personally spoken to by God in order to be or live according to his purpose and his role for us. Now we are ready to, to read about the blessing that comes in chapter 2 and verse 3. Now we're ready to look at our own text as, this, as God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested. I'm going to read again for us um, from chapter 2, just verses uh, 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Did you see the logic of this blessed day? It's another little tool. So we've looked at Uh, using the context to um, to uh, dig up the brilliance of word meaning and now uh, we will look at logic and causal words like so and because Um, did you see the logic there when God fully finishes his work of his very good creation in his own eyes when everything is complete and nothing is lacking in all of the heavens and the earth His creation and his creating is finished. This is said twice in verse one and two, God rests. So actually there there are two tools here. The one is the linking and the logic tool. The other one is the repetition tool. Whenever the the author of the Bible repeats something, it's worth noting that and working out how you can use that for the meaning of what you're reading. And so he he repeats the fact that, um, that everything is completed. Um, that his creation is completed and that his creating work is completed in verse 1 and 2, and so God rests. So when we get to verse 3, look at, um, look at the so. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. The seventh day is blessed by God and made holy by God because on it God rested. That's the cause and effect that the so has at the beginning of verse 3. And then do you notice again the repetition in case we missed it? In case we missed the logic of so at the beginning of verse 3, the author actually repeats it for us and God repeats it for us so we don't miss it. And it's repeated for us afterwards by the causal word and the logic word of because. The seventh day is blessed by God and made holy by God because on it God rested from all the work he had done. So the the causal logic of being blessed in this passage is that God fully completed his creation, which causes him to rest from his creative work, which causes him to bless the day and to make it holy. The cause for God's blessing is God's rest. And um, and so it really is worth uh, noticing, firstly, what this rest is not as I was reflecting on it this this week. And it comes because he puts it together with making the seventh day holy. Um, To to be made holy means to be set apart for God. That's the actual um, definition of the word. And so it's so important to notice that when God rests, he doesn't vacate. He doesn't part from his blessing. God rests, um, he doesn't, sorry, apart from his creation, God rests in his creation by setting them apart for himself, not apart from himself. Um, And so um, I, I, uh, (laughs) one of the challenges of my motherhood when I had, one child and my second child wasn't old enough to be a playmate. Was that my first daughter, Talita, um, has a wonderfully creative and imaginative mind, and I do not. And so I found myself uh, being, as when she was three, four, five years old, being roped into all sorts of imaginative play. Um, uh, wave if you have children who did tent making. <laughs> who built tents in your in your homes Um, that was one of her favorite things is to set up a tent and a whole house for imaginative play and you know what it's actually beautiful because she was forming a tent and filling it with all sorts of fun things uh, to rule and to have dominion over and to to create and to feed and to provide Um, and um, so i would have to be part of getting it all set up you know and i must confess (laughs) (laughs) that once all the work of creating had been done, all the forming and filling and everything was now ready, my idea of rest would be to vacate. (laughs) I would try to sort of slink away, go and have a cup of tea and some separate space um, of my own and allow her to carry on with this wonderful creative work of imaginative play and um, to be apart from it um, with my own cup of tea. And, but of course, if I did that, I would be fail miserably as a companion to her, wouldn't I? I would actually miss the entire point of creating, of forming and filling. And um, so here we see that God's... ...with making... All of creation, uh, in its all of creation, in its completion, where no more work of creating is done, he sets it apart for himself. He makes it holy. So this God of creation blesses creation when it's complete, as he rests, but also as he rests and making it holy for him, being blessed. Really, um, well, in chapter one, of course, being blessed is being according to God's directed roles and responsibility. But in chapter two, we discover that those roles and responsibilities intimately include him. It's for him to be set apart for him. Even after his creation work is fully finished, God rests and remains involved, blessing his creation, making it holy not apart from him, but actually set apart for him. So that's the first thing to know that is really important to notice and in a minute I'm going to reread um, some of chapter 2 to show us just how intimate and dependent God's place is um, in in this working setup um, with himself and for himself. But um, so firstly, um, uh God resting uh, and being blessed does not mean being apart from God, but it actually means set, being set apart for God. And that is how God rests. And that is how we see his blessing. And then secondly, it's also worth noting that this blessing of chapter 2, verse 3 is not um, God blessing a person, a place, or a location. But he's actually blessing a day. Um, I was also just thinking about that. I was struck by that this week as I was rereading it. And this day is the only one that does not have an evening. Did you notice that? And so God blesses a time where no more creative word and work is needed from him. Where he's resting, uh, where everything is completed, nothing is lacking. Everything is set apart for him forever. Forever. Um, It's a time of being blessed according to all of God's directive and provisional word with no more need for creative word, for God forever. And uh, I know because we are made in God's image, um, often one of our greatest blessings is time, not actually things or places. And so this is where the source, this is where it comes from. So the definition, therefore, of being blessed is being under God's direction, his spoken purposes and provision for God, holy, set apart for him as he rests in his completed creation and um, forever. Um, imagine this world, you know. Do, do try. Try to be less like me, very unimaginative, very um, <laughs> limited and concrete and stuck in my own thinking. Imagine this world, this blessedness um, from creation where everything is working according to its design. Um, Everything is working according to its roles and and according to its part and purposes in creation, Um, where there is no frustration. You know, (laughs) I can also remember my daughter's frustration. So, you know, as we... uh, built these tents and as I worked very hard to try and enter into her imaginative play, Um, there were often parts that were missing. So we'll start playing out the story and then we'll realise that we didn't fetch that book, which is now meant to be part of this this story that we're playing. Um, uh, Or uh, we'll have the tea set all set up and then there will be some serious malfunctioning of the tea set as we're meant to be having a tea party with all the, the teddies and the friends that were also brought in and invited Um, So imagine this blessedness, um, where there are no interruptions, no frustrations, no um, additional creation needed. um, And, of course, um, talking about missing and malfunctioning, we know that uh, we have to imagine this world because we no longer live in it. And we certainly know that very uh, maybe more. Uh, more often and more painfully and more um, real, in a more real way since COVID. Um, And the thing that was interrupted and the thing that went missing in chapter three was through Adam and Eve rejecting God's word. Um, It's God's word that went missing because uh, Adam and Eve pushed it out. And so everything became corrupted. Everything in our world is malfunctioning in some shape or form. Nothing is actually as it should be. And um, I'm going to, uh, to read chapter two for us again, just so that we can see just how devastating rejecting God's word is by noting again God and the place of his word um, in the blessed creation. Um, listen to how God... Uh, chooses to position himself in relation to the different parts of his creation. You know Genesis chapter two and um, is the second account of creation. You, he tells us the whole creation in chapter one, as uh, Kate read for us. It it, it finishes um, in chapter one, verse thirty one, and then with the day with the seventh day of rest in chapter two, verse one to three. So you've got to kind of ask like, why have another account of creation? Because this in chapter two, it's the second account of God's creation. Um, And um, what it does is it really gives us a more intimate scene, um, showing us it it, it zooms in uh, and gives us different angles on the different parts of God's creation. And it particularly shows us the complete dependence that we have on God and his word and um, the intimate connection uh, with God as the source um, but then also the intimate connection between all the parts, you know, the, the circle of life, uh, the chain of, of, um, of biology that we all learn. Um, it really comes uh, from God. He, is, he chose to create us incredibly interdependently um, of, of, of all the different parts. And as I read it, uh, the other thing that really struck me, which I would love you to notice with me this, this morning is, the place that God puts water in and word, water and word. So God himself is the exclusive source of water, which is the only thing that can give life and can cause life and can support life. But only God can be the source of that. And then also the place of his word, because as water is needed to cause life and to give, to bring, about, to bring forth life, So the word is needed to keep life. Because God says that if if they go against his word, they will die. And so look at the place of water of which God is the source and the place of the word of which God is the source. In um, in Genesis chapter 2 is 4 to 17. It really is beautiful and striking. And so let's just um, sit with these words again a bit this morning. Chapter 2, reading from verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the the earth and the heavens. Verse 5. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for, there's a causal word, the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. Can you see the interconnected and interdependency with God as the exclusive source? And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust, of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Have you thought about how intimate that source is of life it's God's own breath that becomes Adam's first breath and the man became a living creature and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden isn't he kind God could have just left Adam to cultivate his first garden but instead God takes the pleasure in actually cultivating and planting a little garden for Eden, with, uh, of, called Eden, within um, the, the, the multitude, abundant uh, plants according to their kinds that He had created. And so there is God's detailed, again, intimate, cultivated care. So God planted a garden in the east, and there He put the man whom He had formed. Again, Adam didn't have to find his own way there. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the pleasure of, this, uh, of God as the source of life. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then in this next paragraph, um, it really shows the, the structured order of God's water that he now provides so that um, life can keep on living. And it shows us it's not a fable because it's concrete. The rivers have names. And, of course, it's not enough that all of, these, all of, the, all of this life is going to spring from this ground that God is watering in an ordered fashion and in an abundant fashion. But he then goes and hides precious stones and gold in the land, speaking to the people of the city of gold. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four waters so that Adam could go forth and cultivate with ease. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Dillium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gion, and it is the, it is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush, where you can now go and cultivate. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Okay, so now it is Adam's role to keep this life. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Can you see how God gives water, the source and cause of life? And only he can give water. He did not give us dominion over um, the source of life, over water. Farmers know that painfully. He also gives life with his own breath, which is so intimate that he chose to do that. And then he gives his his instructive word about good and evil, Um, that he is the one who decides what is good and what is evil in this creative world. And so as long as Adam stays under that directive word, he will keep life or he will die. So I'm going to have to stop there for the sake of time in in wanting to see blessing and wanting God to refresh our definition of blessing. So let's land this because now that that we've seen blessing, hopefully in a fresh and a rich way, how do we seek blessing? I wonder when we feel blessed. I know that for me um, to feel blessed in my own eyes, um, if I had to describe that, it would be um, feeling gratified. Um, like an enjoyment, a happiness of achieving some purpose or accomplishment. That would be to be blessed in my own eyes. To be blessed by others um, would be to have their approval. Um, And if you think of the creation account, the first repetitive creative account, and God saw that it was good. So I feel blessed by others when they look at me and what I've done and who I am, and they say it is good. Their affirmation um, of us, of me, and of my chief purpose. Um, so that's how I feel blessed in my own eyes, blessed by others, and then also blessed with others because, we remember, we're made in a collaborative image. And so this is one of the greatest, rich, abundant blessings is when you have um, successful collaboration, like when you've had an intimate sharing of, of a joint purpose, a joint project, and uh, sharing in the gratification um, of achieving it or um, even uh, um, having, just having like a sincere invested appreciation and approval of others alongside others. Um, so when you think of it like that, God really addresses every aspect of blessing and of being blessed. Um, here in the beginning, um, the big blessed beginning of the Bible, we learn that these shadows or tantalizing droplets of blessing really finds their true source in God. God is the only true source that can define and direct how humans are blessed. Um, blessing is found in his eyes, um, not just our own or in others' eyes. Um, blessing is found in his approval. And it was good. And it was very good. We were made for his approval. Um, Blessing in in collaboration with others is found in collaboration for him, holy, set apart for God. This is really the only human way to seek and receive blessing is with God as the source. And so what does that mean for us? Practically, um, well, the source hasn't changed. The source of God's word is still his personal, direct, breathed out word to us. Do you remember um, uh, what Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, verse uh, 16 and, and 17? Um, the way we are to seek blessing is to actually seek scriptures. Because in, in, in 2 Timothy um, 3, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. To seek blessing, we need to seek the scriptures. I wonder how much of your time and energy you keep devoting to reading and rereading and soaking up scriptures, especially during these COVID times. To find God's blessing in God's good work, we need to seek the scriptures. And then secondly, we need to seek the son. Do you know, um, human history has Jesus Christ stepping into our world, into our um, area of imaginative play, and, <laughs> um, Stepping into our world as the exclusive source of blessing because God has given his beloved son complete authority for complete reconciliation with himself, complete access to the source of blessing. And then also he has given him authority for continued restoration of blessing. Um, We can see this, uh, uh, one of my favorite passages is Colossians 1, verses 15 to 22. Um, which says, Jesus, the beloved son, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created. Wow, oh, mind blowing. When you read Genesis 1 and 2, and you hear God creating, when he says, let us make man in our image, that is God's collaborative work, word as God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. And so truly, God the Son is also the word in John's gospel. And so truly, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, holy. He is before all things, and in him, all things hold together. And... And in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And now it gets very direct and personal, this breathed out word of scripture to us today. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. Why? In order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. The reason why Jesus shed his blood in our place was so that he could reconcile us now so that we can be reconnected to the source of all blessing and so that he could one day present us to his father, completely set apart for his father, blameless and a brave approach. So let's ask God to help us see and seek blessing with him as the source as I close. Father, we are so blown away by the riches and the brilliance of your word. How often have we read Genesis 1 and 2 Please um, forgive us for sometimes becoming dismissive of the scriptures with which we are familiar. Father, we need your Spirit to give us unquenchable thirst for your word, just as our bodies and, and the earth needs water for life. Please give us that thirst especially in these COVID times when uh, the patterns and the habits of our lives have been loosened and chaotic. Help us to not miss this opportunity to see and seek blessing afresh. Spirit, please lead us into the son's completed work of reconciliation. Which Lord Jesus, only you can do in the perfect image of God by reconciling us to your Father, to the source of all blessing through your death in our place. Please help us to increasingly turn towards your directive word, your blessing, blessed word. Teach us to learn our roles and our responsibilities and our purpose in our temporary lives here on earth, increasingly in a way that is for you and by you and your blessing in Christ. Lord, really, especially in these COVID times when we've been unsettled in how we see blessing, when we've been unsettled and often felt insecure in how we seek blessing, Please refocus our hearts and minds. Please help us to not miss this opportunity to be refreshed by you, our exclusive source of blessing, to be refreshed in your word and your son. And, Lord, I do pray that you'd give us the joy of being together in body um, later this year, to be even more, have more, have our breath taken away by your Prince of Poetry, our strong bedrock of blessing. Now and forever, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So um, I'm going to hand back to our MC, Michelle. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Definitely on behalf
0: of everyone, thank you so much for that message, Olivet. It was just fantastic to be reminded and even educated on on what blessing really is. Um, So really appreciate that. Um, I know we just prayed, but we might as well just pray again just in closing, if you just join me in that same part of prayer. Okay. Dear Lord, thank you so much once again uh, for bringing us together. Um, We say it all the time. We always say it when we start, but we we do mean it. Um, We are just very grateful for the opportunities that you give us to be able to meet together um, under your word. Thank you so much for your servant Lilibet and how faithfully and thoroughly she's opened up the scriptures for us. Um, Thank you for for Vicky and for Kate um, and everyone who has been a part of this Woman's Power Hour um, and just thank you for how we've learned and been reminded that you are a personal God um, who speaks and who blesses his creation. Um, Though your creation, um, we have fallen uh, by our rebellion. Uh, you have not changed. You're still the same and your word has not changed and you've promised to restore things to your perfect order. Um, And when you do that, you will uh, dwell and rest forever with the ones that you have kept for yourself. Um, So until we see that day, Lord, please help us to believe in you, to believe that you care about the course of our lives and um, that you have created us for your purposes. I pray for every woman here in this group that we would resolve to live by your spirit and be led by your spirit um, and just really be agents of your will in that way and that we would conform uh, to the image in which you've made us and conform to be like your son and to be holy like he is holy. That will be our greatest blessing, Lord. Please help us and grant us these things
3: in Jesus' name, amen.